All right, we are going to be in Romans chapter 11. We're going to camp out in verses 25 through 32. That's Romans chapter 11, verses 25 through 32. If you are a regular tender or a member, you should know how to get to Romans. We've been there two years. If you do not know how to get there by this time, <laughs> Lord have mercy. All right, if you're there, say amen. If you're still looking, say hold up. Right, we're going to give you a second. That's it. All right, come on. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in the way of in the way all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will be banished ungo- he will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards to the gospel, they are enemies of your, of your sake. But as regards elections, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, that they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Romanos 11, 25 a 32. Hermanos, quiero que entiendan este misterio para que no se vuelven presuntuosos. Parte de Israel se ha endurecido y así permanecerá hasta que haya entrado la totalidad de los gentiles. De esta manera, todo Israel será salvo, como está escrito. El Redentor vendrá a Sion y apartará de Jacob y en piedad. Y este será mi pacto con ellos. Cuando, perdón sus, cuando perdone sus pecados con respecto al Evangelio, los israelitas son enemigos de Dios para el bien de ustedes. Pero si tomamos en cuenta la elección, son amados de Dios por causa de los patriarcas, porque las dádivas de Dios son irrevocables, como lo es también su llamamiento. De hecho, en otro tiempo, ustedes fueron desobedientes a Dios, pero ahora, por la desobediencia de los israelitas, han sido objeto de su misericordia. Asimismo, estos que han desobedecido recibirán misericordia ahora, como resulta de la misericordia de Dios hacia ustedes. En fin, Dios ha sujetado a todos a la desobediencia con el fin de tener misericordia de todos. Amen. Didn't even know she was sleeping. She just, it just rolled off the tongue. All right, all right. Hey, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, for your grace and your mercy that is sufficient for us. Lord, as we come up under the teaching and preaching of your word, I pray that it will come forth with power and authority. And Lord, that it would impact our lives in such a way that the fruit of the spirit would be all that more evident in our lives. Lord, we admit this morning that apart from you, we can do nothing. We do not want to be like ornaments attached to a tree, but instead we want to be true branches attached to the vine. And so, Lord, would you do your Holy Spirit work in us, illuminate our hearts, 
enlighten our minds that we may see the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all the saints in the room said, amen. Amen. Y'all ready for God's word? Amen. I'm excited to preach. And if you want to hear it like I feel like preaching, something may happen in this place this morning. I once read a story about a mother who approached Napoleon seeking a pardon for her son. The emperor replied that the young man had committed a certain offense twice and justice demanded his death. But I don't ask for justice. The mother explained, I plead for mercy. But your son does not deserve mercy, Napoleon replied. Sir, the woman cried, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. And mercy is all I ask for. I'm already preaching better than y'all talking to me. That's all right. I'll encourage myself. Well, then the emperor said, I will have mercy And he spared the woman's son. How many of you know this morning that God chose you not because of the J's on your feet or the ice on your wrists or the degrees that you got behind your name or the zip code or or the money you got in your bank account. But God chose you this morning on the basis of mercy. And if you live long enough, the day is coming when mercy will be the only friend left to call. Oh, y'all remember who wants to be a millionaire, right? Y'all remember Regis? Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll they'll, they'll go on the show and and, and they'll have to answer questions. And, And every question they get right, they go up some more money. And they had these little, little options that they gave them, right? And, and one option was you could phone a friend. Oh, thank God that you were able to, because if you didn't know the answer, perhaps there was a friend out there that had the answer. When, 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 when you were at a dead end, there was a friend that you can phone. And friends, what I want to preach to you this morning is sometime the only friend that you will be able to call on is Lord, have mercy. There's some people in this place already. I hate to get to the end of my sermon already, but there are some people in the room that know that the only thing that they had to call on was Lord, have mercy. Oh, you keep living and your time going to come. Well, you and Mercy going to get real acquainted. Y'all going to snuggle up together. Have a cup of coffee together. It's just going to be you and Mercy. If we are honest, justice will testify that God should have been done with us a long time ago. But Mercy has spoken up in the courtroom, and God has spared our lives. Nothing ought to blow your mind in Scripture like the mercy of God. It's not the murders in Scripture that should blow your mind. It's not the commandments in Scripture that should blow your mind. 
It's not the natural disasters in Scripture that should blow your mind. But it is the, God, I can't believe you didn't wipe them out already. That should blow your mind. Because we all know if it was us. Okay, I'm not going to put that on y'all. If it was me. If it was, if it was me. And the stuff that God had to deal with with his people, I'd have cut half y'all off a long time ago. Canceled. I'd have been done with y'all a long time ago. And it astonishes us that the height of God's holiness, that God continues to walk with his people, it ought to blow your mind that God didn't kill you over what you did last night. That ought to blow your mind. Because if it was me, as we consider God's people and all they have done, even after being shown tremendous love and mercy, you are baffled by God's continual love towards them. And I guess it baffles us because we know there is no way in the world we would continue to show such mercy to people who keep doing us wrong. God's mercy cannot be put in human category. God's mercy cannot be articulated, nor can it be explained by human words. There's some levels of mercy you've experienced that you can't even express, which is why sometimes some of us, all we got left is a shout. For some of us, all we can do is lift our hands and shake our heads. Because God's mercy is sometimes so profound that all you can do is say, mm mm mm. Oh, y'all ain't never did that, huh? Y'all ain't never, y'all ain't never did the mm mm mm. That's when you get a piece of that, that sweet potato pie. Oh, see, I'm still on Thanksgiving, y'all. And you take that first bite, Tim. And you'd be like, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm, that's good right there. But there's no words to explain how good that sweet potato pie is. But if you're going to begin to even grapple, if you're going to even begin to comprehend to some degree the mercy of God, you have got to start with the people of Israel. You have got to start with the people of Israel, the Israelites, a.k.a. the androids are God's chosen people. That's going to catch up with some of y'all in a minute. A.K.A. the androids, those are God's chosen people. It all began, I I know I lost all my Apple users. It, It all began when God chose one man, Abraham, out of Ur of the Chaldees and promised to make him a great nation. He made a covenant with Abraham and called and call it the Abrahamic Covenant and the promise that his physical seed would be a nation forever and have a land forever. He also promised that, that Abraham would be a blessing to the world, that it would be through his seed that the Messiah would come. This universal aspect of the covenant applies also to believing Gentiles. We see this also in the book of Genesis. The people of Israel looked forward to the coming of their Messiah, thinking that when he came, they would have a thriving nation. 
ruling over their land and the world forever. But when the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, came, and when he came to Israel, he did not come in great political power that they had conceived him to be. One who would overthrow the tyranny of the Roman Empire. But he came as a lowly one. And the nation refused to believe he was the Messiah. Although he had all the credentials, he claimed to be God, he did miracles, he claimed to be the long-awaited Messiah, he was even resurrected from the dead. I'm going to say that one more time. That sounds so nice, I'll say it twice. He was even resurrected from the dead. But Israel rejected him because of their hard and unbelieving hearts. Can you imagine all the grace, all the opportunities that God showed Israel? They were the first in line to meet the Messiah. And when he came, they rejected him. And when Israel rejected Jesus, Christ sent his apostles to the Gentiles, a.k.a. the iPhone users. It's a hard text, Ashley. I'm just trying to relate to the people this morning. And he offered them salvation if they would believe that Christ was the Son of God. Within a few years, more Gentiles had responded to Christ than had the Jews to whom the Messiah had been promised. This brought up several questions. Should bring up several questions in your mind as well. Is God finished with the nation of Israel? Has God forgotten all about his promise to Abraham now that the Gentiles are responding in such great numbers? Does God yet have a future for the nation of Israel? Has Israel missed its opportunity to receive mercy? Have they exhausted the mercy of God? Has God canceled them? As we answer these questions today, what, what, what I really want you to learn is the nature of God's mercy. My first point is mercy is always moving. Here it is, lest you be wise in your own sight. I do not want you to be unaware of his mystery. Brothers, a partial heartening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Essentially what Paul is saying is, is God has, in his sovereignty, blinded the Jewish people from the light of the gospel. This is judgment because the people of Israel rejected the Son of God. You've ought to be careful that when you sit under truth that you don't reject truth. But even in their rebellion, God's mercy still has a plan. God, my friends, is always showing mercy somewhere. And if you want to find the mercy of God on display in this day and age, look no further than the church. I'm going to say it again. If you want 
to find the mercy of God at work, look no further than you. Okay, I figured that'll touch you somewhere. Now, I know many people have given up on the church. I know the church deserves to be given up on. I know the church can be a messy place at times. If you can't say amen, say ouch. I know the church has some stuff that it needs to change. I know that you know that I know you wonder why God keeps dealing with us. In fact, I was listening to a conversation the other day where a teenage boy asked his mom, what church does God go to? What church does God go to? Because, Mama, when we go to church and some of the things I see, I don't see how God could go to church with those people because they don't deserve God. Now, my first thought was, God goes to whatever church his people go to. Now, that was my ecclesiology answering this question. But then I had to, I had to back up and, and think on ground level. He's likely thinking in his head after going to church, God can't go to any of these churches. And if he is here, I don't want him. God doesn't go to our church. Because we deserve his presence. Friends, God attends this church because of mercy. I'll tell that boy like that mom told Napoleon. God came to the church because of our earning. It wouldn't be mercy. Friends, the next time someone begins to run the script, about how God can't be with the church because of her history in her present time. Please stop using justice to defend the church and use mercy. <laughs> when they get to talking about how bad the church is and how much the church is messed up, don't try to justify the church. Say you right. The only reason God is with those people in that building is because of mercy. And if you know any better, you'll go to that place and find out how to receive mercy. God attends the church because of mercy. But God, why mercy to these Apple users? Paul tells us why, you Gentiles, a partial hardening has come upon Israel, the androids, and to the fullness of the Gentiles have come in. Okay, what are you saying, Paul? Talk, talk to us, Paul. Help us understand, Paul. What are you saying, Paul? Israel blindness at the present is a temporary condition. One day, her eyes will be open to the person of Jesus, and she will be saved. Okay, you didn't catch it. At this present time, God has caused a partial hardening to come over Israel. Now, if you're asking why I preached on that already, if you missed that Sunday, you need to go back and listen to that sermon. I don't have time to explain it now, but... 
What Paul is saying is that a day is coming when that partial hardening will be lifted up off of Israel. Y'all, I almost lost my mind when I thought about it. Because, because what happens is, is that mercy has the ability to do a 360. Oh, y'all missed y'all shot right there. I'm so glad that if mercy passes you up the first time, if you wait long enough, it got a round-trip ticket. It'll be right back around to you. Some of you know good and well that mercy, you, you, you missed it the first time. But you're so glad that God got a 360 mercy that when you missed it the first time, that it showed up the second time. That's the kind of God that we serve. God hasn't forgotten Israel. And it's important that how God treats Israel is how God treats us. If God can't be faithful to Israel, he will not be faithful to the Apple users. If he cannot be faithful to Android, he will not be faithful to the Apple users. But what is God doing in the meantime, in between time? God is filling his house with those who will receive mercy. The Bible is clear that this is the day and age for the Gentiles to receive Mercy. We see this in Luke 14, 16. Jesus uses a parable. Here it is. But he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who have been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike begin to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field. And I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Let me pause here for a minute. Because what Jesus essentially is saying is that the imitation of the gospel is going out. People saying they too busy for God right now. And you may have experienced this. You, you, you've been talking to your coworkers. You, you've been talking to your friends. You, you, you've been telling them that, 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 that God's arms are open. But, but sometimes it seems that people are too busy for God. That, 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 that people want to put God off so they may enjoy the things of this life. But, 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 but what I think the issue is, is that, is, that, is that they don't see the value of God. They, they, they see the value in the things of this world more than they see the value of God. Because, friends, it is crazy to choose anything over God. And so here it is. God sends his servants out. To tell people that now is the time to come into the kingdom of God. Don't waste time. Don't pack a bag. Don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. But today is the day of the mercy of God and you ought to come in. And so here it is. Jesus is clear that everybody you invite ain't coming to your party. And some of y'all getting y'all feelings when people don't come to your party. Some of y'all done lost friends because people ain't come to your party. But here Jesus says, so the servant came and reported these things to his master. The master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets in the lanes of the city and bring in the poor. Bring in the poor. 
bring in the poor, in the crippled, in the blind, in the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you commanded has been done, and there is still room. Okay, y'all didn't catch it. Here it is. Jesus says, since the stuck-up folks don't want to come to my house, you go in the alleys, in the byways, and you get those whom people have marginalized, those whom people think ain't nothing. You, you, you go get those that the world has forgotten about. I'm so grateful that we serve a God, that love is not dictated on your economical status or your ethnicity or your zip code. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. The household of God is open for you. Man, that's great love right there. He says, God, I did that, and you still got space in your crib for more people. And the master said to the servant, okay, go out to the highways, in the hedges, and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited So taste my banquet. We can see the father desires his house to be filled. I mean, you got to hear the heart of God in this. God is desirous to show mercy. So much so that he goes to the highways, he goes to the alleys, he, uh, he, he goes where mercy goes where no one else will go. This is why I don't understand when people say, I'm not going to Gary. What are you talking about? The God that we serve ain't got no limits. Where there's image bearers, mercy got to show up. And perhaps we don't want to go in those places because we think we better than people. Oh, yeah, I got, to, I got to bring it home, Chris. Here it is. Perhaps the reason why you can't be around certain people is because you think you better than them. can't really appreciate mercy until you first understand how desperate you need mercy. And it's always the perfect people that want the pastor to put the bad people out of the church. And I said after I put all the bad people out, who's going to come and put the pastor out? Because the pastor bad too. <laughs> Everybody and their mama leaning on Mercy. Jewish people rejected the invitation, so God took his mercy to the Gentiles. And just so we're clear, mercy goes out to everyone. Yes, even those who the world call ghetto. Yes, even those who sleep in the alley. The world has forgotten about, yes, even those who have mental health conditions, those people God wants as well. There's no one that God does not want. God plans to gather every Apple user that will receive his mercy. Friends, mercy is looking to be received. God wants to have mercy. 
Here's the mystery Paul speaks about in the verse. Side note, mystery here is a long hidden truth in the Bible, and it has now been revealed in the New Testament. It was a mystery in the Old Testament, and Paul is saying it is now being revealed in the New Testament. Now, at some point, after all the Gentile Apple users who will be saved are saved, God will bring his mercy back to the Jewish people, the androids. And I'm so glad that mercy does a 360. Some of us know that God has been far beyond good to us. Mercy is not only moving. Mercy is always getting more better. I got to catch that more better. Mercy, not getting more better. Or more, no, it's getting more better. Not just better, but more better. In this way, all I have to say it in a way that I like to say it, y'all. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion, and he will banish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as regard to election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. Oh, this is good right here. God is like, when I come back for the ethnic Jews, the androids, towards the end of time, I'm coming harder than the first go around. Mercy came back more better, y'all. Watch it. We see in this, mercy didn't get discouraged, but mercy got encouraged. Oh, that's how mercy works. The deeper your sin go, the deeper grace goes. Oh, that's good right there. Uh, 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 in other words, human rejection and human rebellion both fall exhausted at the feet of mercy. Mercy is always on the move. This is why David penned, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So no matter how far you try to run from God, no matter if you try to take off from God, if you look back, mercy is going to be on your tail. And at some point, mercy is going to outrun you. Oh, come on, David. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. Oh, I wish I had a witness in this room that you know mercy has been following your marriage. It's been following your situation. It's been following your circumstance so that when you look around and you try to figure out why you're still standing, all you can say is surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Oh, I'm excited in my soul because mercy has been good to this young man up here. I wouldn't be here preaching if goodness and mercy was not following me all the days of my life. I'm 31 now, but I know when I turn 40 and I look back, mercy still be on my tail. When I turn 50, I'll look back and mercy will still be on my tail. When I'm old and gray and I'm on my deathbed and they say, Dexter, where you think you're going? I say I'm going to heaven because Surely goodness and mercy will follow me to the courts of heaven. That's how good his mercy is. I'm sorry, y'all. I got a lot to go, but I had to get it out because that mercy that I'm preaching is hitting me as it's hitting you. Oh, it's that good. Mercy's that good. It, it'll, it'll soothe the preacher, and it'll soothe those that he's preaching it to. <laughs> Because mercy ain't just for y'all out there. Y'all got to excuse me. 
because all I wanted for Christmas was more mercy. Come on, somebody. I don't know what you're asking for, but God, give me more mercy. I just know, I'm sorry, I just know how jacked up I am. I know how messed up I am. I know, I know how easy and prone it is for me to run away from him. I know how easy it is for me to get caught up in everything. I know how easy it is for my sin to pull me away from him. And so I'm excited because I know that I'm standing here on the grounds of mercy. I know this is not even in my text, but can I just praise mercy? Praise mercy for a second. Paul says, mercy is coming back so strong that all Israel will be saved. Let me slow down because I got to teach this. How is this possible? Because they have been hard towards Jesus for so long. Paul says, there is coming a day coinciding with the full number of the elect Gentiles being saved where Israel is going to have a massive revival. So much so that he says all Israel will be saved. Now this is sharply debated. Which Israel is he talking about? The ethnic Jew? The believing Jews? Or is this the church? The evidence points to the same Israel described in verse 25 as hardened Israel. That is not the church, but the ethnic Jew. What does he mean by all Israel will be saved? Every single one who ever lived, everyone who lived at that time, here's what we can say. While not requiring every single one alive at the time in the future, what Paul is saying is that mercy is going to hit Israel so hard, the world is going to think that God has saved all of them. This will happen, friends. This, old, this, this, uh, this is some ecclesiology for you. I mean, eschatology for you. This will happen just prior to Jesus' second coming. But God plans to bring his mercy to Israel again. I'm so glad that God doesn't counsel people like we do. Y'all know how we are. We'll counsel somebody in the We'll counsel somebody in a heartbeat. Y'all, y'all not going to talk to me. I know y'all. Uh, I'm y'all pastor. Let's just be real now. Uh, y'all a council, people faster than y'all a council Hulu. Y'all council people for y'all a council Netflix. Now it's Disney Plus. They, they, they look at you wrong and you counsel them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. They, they try to go on your timeline. They can't see nothing. <laughs> they call you. <laughs> Why well, can't see nothing on your timeline? Oh, you ain't know you was canceled? Yeah, you canceled, brother. <laughs> You didn't block them. But ain't you glad God ain't like us? Reminds me of my relationship with my teenage daughter. My teenage daughter, I know all the parents who got teenagers, I ain't manning right now. Those who've raised teenagers is saying, just hold on. Teenage girls are continually breaking their father's heart. Y'all, this is some therapy for me. Y'all, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're continually doing things that, that are just, in many ways, normal to growing up. But unfortunately, some of those things are not always wise. And at times, 
you want to counsel your own child. Can we be honest this morning? But no matter how many times she breaks my heart, my love grows stronger each and every time. In one sense, it has to because the offenses get bigger as they get bigger. Didn't nobody tell me about this. Somebody could have warned me about this. They didn't warn me. I thought she was going to be sweet little baby girl. All my life, Bardo, and here it is. She's been breaking her daddy's heart. But somehow there's more mercy down in me. And if me being a broken sinner can have that kind of mercy towards my daughter, how much more the God of the universe can have mercy on his children. Y'all don't remember denying Peter, lying Peter, cussing Peter, the one who had conceal and carry before they even had it. Peter, Peter, yes, the sailor Peter. Yes, go make fishermen of men, Peter. You remember when Jesus was in his darkest hours and they were getting ready to crucify him? His homeboy made a promise to him. He said, Jesus, if everybody else falls away, I got your back. I'm your homie. I'm your boy. I'm going to look out for you. Well, that joker got tested. You better be careful saying what you wouldn't do because there are some things that you thought that you wouldn't do, and you got caught in some situations that you never thought you would get caught in, and you found out that your character ain't as strong as you thought it was. You better be careful just because you've been walking with God good these last couple of days. You may slip, and you think that you can stand on your resume, but what Peter had to find out, no no matter how far you go, Peter, one of these days, you're going to need mercy again. And here's Peter. It is. I see it, child. I saw it. I'm telling y'all, Peter was a real brother, y'all. I'm telling Because here it is. They, they, they got Jesus. And, and Peter can kind of see him from a distance. Because that's how brothers are. They see you from the king, they see you from a distance. Because brothers ain't going to get too close because we don't know what's going to pop up. We don't know if we got well, you know, we to go with our. And so here it is. Y'all know I'm silly. And so he's looking for it from a distance. And he see what they're doing to Jesus. And you know, you know what you do uh, when, when, when you thought you was going to do something, you change your mind. And so Peter swallowed real hard. <laughs> the girl said, hey, 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 uh, ain't you with... Ain't you with Jesus? And what'd he say? Hmm? You know when you say hmm, you convicted right there. There it is. You don't even say what? You say hmm. That's what he did. That, that's how I said. That's just my, that's just me. That's just me. That's how I read the Bible. That's me. That's my exegetical imagination. That, 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 that Peter was like, hmm? And he denied Jesus in his darkest hours. Man, not one time, not two times, but three times. Okay, let's be real. I think you're with me. Now, let's be real. Okay, let's just be honest. If that was you, okay, 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 you might not be real with me. Okay, if that was me, I'm going to put it on me. I'm going to put it on the past, all right? If that was me, Stone, okay, and my homeboy 
who said that he had my back. We shook up before we went in. We made a plan. Okay, I got you. You got me. Anything happened? We got each other. We cool? We cool. Okay, cool. Let's do this. And I went in. And he got fickle on me. And he act like he didn't know me. When I rose from the dead on the third day, I would act like I ain't know him. I'm just being real. I'm just being honest. But when Jesus got up, he didn't rise with revenge. He rose with mercy. Oh, I'm so thankful that even in my doing the darkest thing, he rises with mercy. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Y'all remember David. Y'all, oh, y'all remember David, King David. Yeah, 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 yeah. The man, the man who killed Goliath. The man whom God anointed himself. Okay? This is David that God called. The first king God didn't call. But this is the David that God called. This is the David who penned most of the Psalms you love reading. This David, right? This is the David that God gave his enemies over to him. God was good to David. One day, David is on the roof. He gets a little buzz on his Android. That little bubble pops up. Somebody says, Sheba, Bathsheba's down below, brother. And what does he do? He calls for her. He says, send her, and here she comes, and David sleeps with her. Here's a tripped out part. Let's get in, let's get in this story, y'all. He sleeps with a woman who's married to a man who's fighting for him. This is some jacked up stuff. This is some free stuff here, y'all. Y'all got to read y'all Bibles, okay? And here it is. He sleeps with her. After he's done sleeping with her, he tries to call Uriah home because he wants to cover up his sin. He wants to hide his sin. I might as well park right here. You can't hide sin from God. <laughs> At some point, you're going to get caught. At some point, it's going to come out anyway. So he calls Uriah home, and he tries to get him drunk. I don't know if he may offer him some Syrah, maybe some Coke and Crown. I don't know. Oh, y'all going to act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe some Pinot Grigio. We don't know. See, y'all in church, y'all like, what you talking about, Pastor? Y'all know what I'm talking about. The holidays are upon you. <laughs> so he tried to get my man a little bit toasty so that he'll go home and sleep with his wife. And he wakes up. Uriah is sleeped on his doorpost, because he said, I can't go home and sleep with my wife while my brothers and sisters, are, 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 while, while my brothers are out fighting. Uriah proved to be a better man than David. And so, since he couldn't get him drunk to cover up his sin, he said, I'll kill the man. And so here, David commits adultery, and he murders. He tries to cover it up, his sin is revealed. And do you think David tried to make excuses for himself? No, 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 no. He said, Lord, have mercy. Friends, you're going to find yourself in some sin that you thought that you'll never be in. 
And you better stop running from God and call on mercy. The tripped out part is that God ends up having mercy on David. Friends, ought that not change our attitude towards others? How many people have you given up on and said there is no hope for them? Let's be honest. We all have that one person we're like, I'm not sure if God can save them. That this person is hopeless. They have crossed the line. But friends, God is the God of all hopeless causes, including us. Mercy bench presses hopelessness like it's no problem. God bench presses your hopelessness like there is, like it's no problem for him. And the reason why is because mercy is immutable. We see here God still loves Israel. God still has a plan for Israel. He makes that plan in verses 28 through, 30, through 29. God chooses them that election may remain because God's calling is irrevocable. Watch it here. As regards to the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards to election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Well, that's good right there. That'll preach all by itself. Let me see if I can bring it home for you. Uh, Parents can have a trust fund for their children that is called a revocable trust. My understanding is that this means they can make changes and fiddle with it as time goes. It's legal but alterable. If they die, it becomes irrevocable because they are no longer around to change it. But God's purpose in salvation are not revocable. He's not still fiddling with his plan. They are irrevocable. They they cannot change because God is sovereign and he is working out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Still didn't shout. God told Abraham his plan for him and all of his descendants millennials ago in Genesis 12. Think of all the generations and people and drama and ebbs and flows of all of history. God makes a promise, and he keeps it through 42 generations, and he's still keeping it. Now, here's the trouble. Here's the crazy part, because can you imagine all the backbiting, all the spitting in God's face, all the rejection that he's endured? Now, you should be impressed because you know that you can't keep your promise more than 24 hours. But here it is, God for millennials has been keeping his promise because his promises are irrevocable. God's mercy doesn't change because God doesn't change. Mercy is rooted in the character and person of God. This is good news, friends. Because you remember the scripture, it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Friends, just in case you didn't catch it, that's past, present, and future. Okay, you didn't shout. 
Okay, let me, let me say it again. Let me say it again. Let me talk to y'all over here. Jesus is the same. You hear me, Mama Frida? Yesterday. Come on, Leanne. Today and forever. They didn't shout. I'm coming here. Okay, here it is. Jesus is the same. Yesterday. Today and forever. Okay, I got this side of the room. Let me go on over here. Let me go on over here and talk to y'all. I say, he's the same yesterday. Come on, Mama Bell. Today and forever. Okay. Come on, Pastor Harris. Teach this thing to God's people so, so, so they know the kind of promises that they're standing on. Let me talk about yesterday. Let, let me tell you why yesterday is important. It is crucial that Jesus Christ be the same yesterday as he is today because yesterday is when Jesus Christ revealed he was a merciful God. Now let me talk to you about today. It's crucial that Jesus Christ be the same today as he was yesterday because today is when we need access to the same mercy God showed yesterday. Let me take you to the future and let me tell you why it's important that he's merciful tomorrow. It's crucial that Jesus Christ be the same tomorrow as he was yesterday and today because all of our hope for everlasting joy hangs ultimately on him being merciful forever. Same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Friends, mercy is contingent on the character of Christ. And Paul is saying, and has been saying for the last three chapters, look at how faithful God has been to the Jewish people despite their rebellion. All of this is due, watch it friends, don't miss it. All of this is due to him being a merciful God. This is why God made the promise to Abraham and he swore by himself. And I know this from the book of Hebrews. He says, for when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Now, if you swear on your name, ain't nobody going to believe it. Nobody going to be moved. And the reason why they ain't going to be moved, because people know you and they know you flaky. But when God swears on himself, you can bet your bottom dollar on it. That God's going to do what he said he's going to do. God could swear. God could have swore by the sun and the moon because they great. Or he could have sworn by the world or by his people Israel whom he loves. The apple of his eye. I mean the android of his eye. I'm sorry, y'all. Or he could swear by all the angels of heaven by Gabriel and Michael. But no. None of these is great enough to give the level of encouragement and confidence God wants his people to have in him. And so God swears by himself. And God is merciful. Let's go back to David again. You know, that wasn't the only time that David sinned. You know, David was a sinner like you and I. I know we look at people in the Bible and say, I want to be the next David. 
uh, I want to be, no, you, you don't want to be the next David. Uh, uh, I want to be the next Ruth. I'm looking for my Boaz, all that stuff that y'all do. That's not who you want to be. You, 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 you want to be like Jesus, okay? Okay, don't, don't go finding people in the Bible who you want to be like unless they like Jesus because they always trying to be like Jesus. But here it is because that wasn't the only time that David seeing y'all. David sinned again. Now, I love this part in the book of Samuel, Samuel because it gives us insight into just how merciful God is. I love this part of Scripture. People don't talk about it a lot, but it's nestled cradle in the book of Samuel, and it's really, really good. Here it is. But, but David hard struck him after he had numbered the people. And David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. Here it is. He's confessing to God. But now, O Lord, please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. Repentance is a wonderful thing. And then when David arose in the morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, and David seared, saying, Go and say to David, Thus says the Lord. Three things I offer you, choose one of them that I may do it to you. So Gad came to David and told him and said to him, Shall three years a famine come to you in your land? Or will you flee three months before your foes while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days of pestilence in your land? Now consider and decide what answer I shall return to him who sent me. Now watch this. Watch this shout. This is where it gets good. Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. Y'all didn't shout. Here's the last line. But let me not fall into the hands of man. <clears throat> Friends, if you mess up, Stop running from God. <laughs> Stop running to people. Because man is not merciful. Somebody needs this this morning. No matter what you've done. No matter what you're entangled in. Stop running from God. Because God, if he's nothing else, he's merciful. And if you will run to him, he will wipe away all of your sins. But here's the question. God, why are you so merciful? Why do you choose to be merciful to both Android and Apple users? God, you're the creator of the universe. You're sufficient. You don't need nobody. Before anything else was, it was you. You don't need not one joker in this building, and yet you keep being merciful to them. So, God, I got a question because there's something that I just don't understand. Why you so doggone merciful? Not just that you're merciful, but who you've been merciful to. God, why are you merciful? 
And it ain't because you're so cute and you're so good and God's so glad that you finally showed your cute self up to the kingdom of heaven and God wasn't going to save this world without you or God couldn't move on without you as if the God who created atoms and protons and bacteria and viruses in the cosmos needed you. That's not why God is merciful to you. God's merciful to you because in his mercy, he gets a chance to showcase his glory. God wants to use your life as a canvas to the world to show how great his mercy is. In other words, when people look at you, saint, and they look at your life, and they consider your beast before Christ. They knew how jacked up and messed up and how crazy you were. And now they look at your AD, that's your after deliverance life. When they consider all that you were and they see you now, all they can say must be a God. I knew that joker. You didn't know Dexter Harris like I knew Dexter Must be a God somewhere. And this is what God says at the end of the verse is the reason why I've been merciful is because I want the world to know just how good I am. Here's my closing illustration. If this doesn't get you, I ain't got nothing else for you. You have a good day. Y'all be blessed and enjoy the rest of your week. I was listening to a sermon the other day and Pastor Dates really brought this home for me. You guys remember Dennis Domenis? Y'all don't remember Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace was a terror. Dennis the Menace was, the boy was bad. He was bad, bad. And he would go over to Mr. Wilson's house. And whenever he gets into trouble, you'll hear Mr. Wilson. And you knew when Dennis did that that Dennis was into some trouble. And Dennis used to mess with these people and jack up their house and tear up their furniture. And one day, him and his friend got together and his friend said, listen, Dennis, I don't understand how you can be so jacked up and messed up and you can do all this stuff to Mrs. Wilson and she over there baking you cookies. His friend is, is he, he, his friend don't understand. He says, Dennis, I've been around you now, and, and, and I realize that, that Dennis, you a bad boy. You, Dennis, you, you, you're a liar, you're deceitful, and yet Mrs. Wilson is baking you cookies, and I don't understand. Dennis, help Pastor Dates preach. Here it is. Dennis said, listen, she doesn't bake me cookies because I'm good. She bakes me cookies because She's good. I wish I, 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 there it is, friends. God been good to you, not because you're good. God's been good to you because he's good. It's out of his nature to be good to you. Stop looking at your resume. Stop looking at what you've done and realize that God has been good to you because God is good. And God's been so good to you that he's took your record away. And just like Abraham, he gave you a new name. I'm so grateful that we don't have to come to church 
with name tags of our favorite sin on us. And look at y'all getting nervous already. Look at y'all nervous. <laughs> hey, sister adulterer. How you doing today? Hey, brother liar. Good to see you this morning. What's up, Mr. Fornicator? Good to see you. What's up? What's up, bitterness? How you doing? What's up, anger? How you doing? No, mercy has washed that name away and gave you a new name. Thank God. For mercy. Thank God for his mercy. If it had not been for mercy, I wouldn't be sitting here today. If it had not been for mercy, I wouldn't have the joy I have today. If it had not been for mercy, I wouldn't be celebrating today. If it had not been for mercy, I wouldn't be in my right mind today. If it had not been for mercy, I wouldn't be at church today. If it had not been for mercy, I wouldn't have hope today. If it had not been for mercy, I wouldn't be singing today. If it had not been for mercy, I wouldn't be clapping my hands today. If it had not been for mercy, I'll be dead somewhere. But because God has mercy... Can we celebrate mercy this morning? If he's been good to you, you ought to stand to your feet. Put your hands together. Raise your voices in this place. If mercy. We sing it's what your mercy has done for me. And what I love about mercy. Mercy humbles us all at the cross. Mercy reminds both Androids and iPhone users, you ain't nothing but a phone. And all of you are in need of my mercy. And apart from grace, we are nothing. I don't know what you're going through this morning, what you're struggling with. Or maybe you've been running from God because you forgot how merciful he was. I want to give you an opportunity to come to this altar and be prayed over and receive the mercy of God once again over your life. The Bible is clear. We will repent of our sin, that he is just and faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteous.